Section 14 of The One-Eyed Griffin and Other Tales by Herbert Eskett Inman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Prince Ghibli Gobli. Chapter 6. A Deed of Truth and a Deed of Love. Up the hillside, at break of day, Ghibli Gobli toiled to find the stone well from which he was to draw the water. Except that the road was very steep, there seemed nothing to make his task difficult, and the prince began to wonder what it could be that should make the matter of drawing a bucket so hard to accomplish. Perhaps some fierce griffins guard the water, he thought. Well, I conquered the giants, and I shall not run away from these. On he went, and at midday reached the well, but to his surprise there was nothing more formidable than an old man who, with venerable air, sat by its side. The well was surrounded by a low stone wall, and all round shady trees grew, and waved their green leaves over the water. On the coping, a bucket and rope were placed ready for use. Give you good day, my father, said the prince, bowing to the old man. Good day, my son, he replied. Art thou come to draw water from the well? Yes, my father, Ghibli Gobli answered. Ah, sighed the old man, I am afraid you will find it a hard task. Why, father, the well is not deep, and there is plenty of water, I can see. Here, too, are bucket and rope ready, so I see not where the hardness lies. Yet many have failed, sir knight, for such I see you are. Perhaps you may succeed better. Take the rope and try. The prince did as directed, but though he filled the bucket and drew it to the surface, yet no sooner did it touch the stone wall than it overturned and sent all the water back. I am clumsy, laughed Ghibli Gobli, and lowered the bucket again, only to have the same result. No one but myself has ever got that bucket up, the old man said, as he watched him. Well, I mean to have a good try, replied the prince, again sending it down. And try he did, all the afternoon, now drawing swiftly, now slowly, but never once getting the water up safely. His arms were stiff and his hands sore, and as he saw the sun begin to set, he remembered sadly that unless he had the water back at the lake soon, he would fail to win the feather. At last the old man spoke again. Prince, you have tried nobly. Let me draw the water for you. The prince gave him the bucket, but then he paused. No, he said, I was to draw the water myself. But she who sent you will never know, returned the old man. Old man, answered Ghibli Gobli, if a deed is wrong, it matters not whether it is known or not. To take back water drawn by you and say I procured it would be to tell a lie and that I may not do. Then go back, and say you have failed, answered his tempter. Go back, and lose all. Yes, sadly said the prince. I suppose I must. And he turned slowly away. Stay, cried the old man. Take the empty bucket with you. To what purpose, said the prince. That you will see, the other replied. Take it with you, as I say. Ghibli Gobli took up the empty bucket and slowly returned, 
just in time, as the sun set, to reach the lake. Slowly over the placid surface came the golden duck, and the prince watched it with sad eyes, knowing he had failed to get the water. He almost wished he had let the old man draw it, but then, remembering, he felt that he could not have given it to the duck. Well, he sighed, I did my best, at any rate, but it is very hard to fail. Now the golden duck was quite close to the shore, and, to the prince's surprise, a third feather was loosened, and again the maiden stood before him, holding it out for him to take. Ghibli Gobbly shook his head. Dear lady, he said, I may not have this, for I have not brought the water. Look in the bucket, my prince, she answered, and lo, the bucket was filled to the brim. Prince, she said, I said you must do a deed of truth, and this you have done. You withstood the temptation to deceive me. Had you yielded to that, you would have lost all. As it is, you have been true, and have filled the bucket with the water of truth. So the feather is yours. Oh, how glad was the prince then, as he took the precious feather and placed it safely with the others. Now for the last task, he cried. Yes, replied the golden maiden. It is to be a deed of love, and as she spoke she burst into tears. Dear lady, cried Ghibli, why do you cry? Because, she sobbed, if you succeed and gain the last feather, the golden duck must die, and never again swim in the sunset lake. But lady, do you mean that it will cost your life? You are the golden duck. Yes, I am, she sighed and the duck must die when the feather is won. The prince paused. Lady, he said slowly, I know I ought not to speak thus to you, for I am ugly and deformed, but I have learned to love you more than my life. I would rather die than have harm come to you. I will not do the false deed. Then, returned the golden maiden, you may not have the fourth feather and will fail in your mission. That is true, said Ghibli Gobbly, but I can go back and give myself up to my father's enemies. They will let him go then. And what will they do to you? asked the maiden. Kill me, he said quietly. And do you love me enough for this? Prince, will you do this deed of love? Yes, he said. I love you and will die for you. As he spoke, the whole lake glowed with golden light, light that quivered, gleamed, and flashed, till Ghibli Gobbly could hardly look at it. Lo, sweet music came floating through the air, and there, out in the golden water, the prince saw the duck. Once more the beautiful bird shook out a feather, and then turning, swam slowly away. Slowly so, slowly until it seemed right in that golden path that led to the setting sun. And as the prince watched, he saw it sink down in the placid water, till at last it was lost to sight. Then all the light died out of the water. The great sun sank, and far overhead the quiet silver moon shed its peaceful light upon the scene. The prince turned away, but to his surprise, he found himself not alone, as he expected, for beside him still stood the golden maiden, holding the fourth feather. Near her 
stately and erect, was her father, the king, and all around a noble troop of mail-clad knights, while fair maidens and pretty pages waited upon the beautiful lady before him. Before he had time to speak, another thing more wonderful than any occurred, for all the lake disappeared, and in its place rose a fair city, with noble parks and stately palaces, shining soft and white in the moonbeams. Filled with wonder, he turned to the golden maiden. Lady, he said, am I dreaming or awake? In pity tell me what these strange things mean. Brightly did the lady smile at him. Take your last feather, my prince, said she, and come with us to my royal father's palace. There I will tell you all. Surrounded by their retinue, they proceeded through the strange city to the royal palace. Here a splendid feast was ready, and Ghibli Gobli was placed in the seat of honour between the king and princess. But I am afraid he did not care much about eating and drinking, so impatient was he to hear the princess's story. At last the feasting was done, and then the king rose and signalling the prince to follow, led the way into a private apartment. Prince, he said, when they were seated, you wonder at all the strange things you have seen. Now listen while I try to explain. This great city is a part of the kingdom of Arifera, and borders the land of Rambania. I am King Ermo, and the princess is my daughter, Rilla, called the Golden-Haired. Your father and myself were friends, and it was in seeking to help him that my trouble first began. The year after you were born, I sought to deliver you from the spell, but Grindelgrim called to her aid the two giants whom you overcame, and they kept me prisoner until my daughter should have reached the age of eighteen, when the younger giant was to seize her for his bride. My kingdom was sunk beneath the lake, and Grindelgrim changed the princess into the golden duck, until some true heart should gain the four golden feathers, the deeds of honour, valour, truth, and love. Today is the princess's birthday, and you, Sir Prince, have broken the cruel spell cast upon us. Now my kingdom and power are at your service. Great king, I thank you, answered Ghibli Gobbly, but I must hasten away. The princess looked up with a pale face. Go away, she repeated. Dear princess, yes, how can I bear you to see me in this poor shape? I have now the four feathers, and with them the water fairy can undo the spell upon me. The princess sighed. I would rather have you as you are than have you go away, my knight, she said. No, no, Rilla, cried the king. Prince has already been away three years. Three years? Three days, your majesty means, said Ghibli Gobbly. No, prince, it has seemed three days to you, but it is three years, and you are now of age. How strange, said our hero in wonder. Still, it is all the more need I should start for the water fairy at once. There is no need, cried a voice close by, and Queen Basilia and the fairy stepped into the room. You have done your work well, prince, said the fairy. Now you shall have your reward. My beautiful mother, cried Ghibli Gobbly, kneeling at his mother's feet and lovingly kissing her hand. The queen raised him 
and looked fondly at him. How strong and manly you have grown, dear son, she whispered. Then there were greetings with King Elmo and the Princess Rilla, who seemed to have grown very quiet and shy all of a sudden. The fairy, however, soon spoke again. We must not waste time, she said. Prince, you have the feathers from the golden duck, or Princess Rilla could not be here. I have them quite safe, answered Ghibli Gobli, taking them from his wallet. The fairy took them and continued. Now, Prince, if you have been brave and true, all will go well. If not, beware how you make this trial. I am not afraid, answered the prince boldly. Then, said the fairy, take them and throw them one by one on this fire. As she spoke, she waved her wand, and a flame of blue fire shot up from the earth. The prince stepped forward and held out one feather. The fairy then, holding up her wand, said, By the power of the golden feather, Grindelgrim, take thy spell off from him. Down fell the plume into the flame, and a gleam of crimson light shot up, whilst Ghibli Gobbly's red hair changed into long, flowing, nut-brown ringlets. By the power of the golden feather, Grindelgrim, take thy second spell off from him. As the second feather fell, a gleam of green light shot up, and Ghibli Gobbly's hump disappeared, and he grew straight and tall. By the power of the golden feather, Grindelgrim, take thy third spell off from him. The third feather fell, and a blue light flashed up, and Ghibli Gobbly was ugly no longer, but had now a handsome, manly face. By the power of the golden feather, Grindelgrim, Take thy fourth spell off from him. Down went the last feather, and the room was filled with a flood of golden rays, while at the same time from all lips burst out the cry, Long live golden heart! The spell was over, the witch's power ended, and all that remained now was to free the poor king from his prison. And how that was done, our last chapter must tell. End of section 14